0: Welcome to the Heart of a Man podcast. We are a movement of men pursuing faith, character, personal growth, and meaningful friendships. If you'd like to learn more about us and our mission to rebuild the American family one man at a time, please visit us at heartofaman.org. We hope you enjoy this lesson from our series called Genesis, Why Is It This Way? Pain is a signal in your nervous system that something may be wrong. It's an unpleasant feeling, such as a prick, tingle, sting, burn, or ache. Pain may be sharp or dull. It may come and go, or it may be constant. Pain can be helpful in diagnosing a problem. If you never felt pain, you might seriously hurt yourself without knowing it, or you might not realize there is a problem that needs treatment. This is how the National Library of Medicine describes pain. The key principle for tonight's message is that pain has a purpose. And the aim is that each of us would see more clearly God's purpose for pain and that we would love Him more dearly because of it. Let's open with prayer. Father in heaven, Thank you for this night. Thank you for these men. Thank you for getting us here. Lord, we're grateful to be here, to hear you speak through each other and you've spoken to us as we've studied. And Lord, I pray you'd speak to each of us now. Lord, please, please push me aside. Help me not be distracting. And I pray that whatever words I have written, if you have better ones, Lord, let them come out. Please, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, before we get into this idea of pain and its purpose, it's critical for us to take a close look at the context of Genesis 3, and especially to take note of God's character throughout the text. When most of us think of Genesis 3, we often think of it as as God's judgment of man, the curse, that it's sad, it's depressing, it's dark, it's heavy. But to allow that notion in and of itself to be what characterizes this text would be stealing from God's glory and his goodness. Yes, in this section, God places a curse on the devil and on the land and pronounces painful repercussions uh, over Adam and Eve that they will feel for their disobedience. And this is hard and it's sad. And I'll get to that here shortly. But before I go on, we must clearly see a key thread that runs through this text, and that thread is God's love. What should we see? There's this balance that we see as you read through this text, and here's some of the pictures man and woman sin, and then God comes and seeks them out. Man and woman hide. God asks them questions, giving them the opportunity to come clean and to confess. God curses Satan, but allows him to live, and even proclaims that he will have offspring. God pronounces pain and childbirth, but confirms that Eve will still have the joy of bearing children. God pronounces that marriage will be tense, but he keeps the marriage together and allows man and woman to continue as one. God curses the ground, but allows the ground to live on. God pronounces that work will become hard for man, but he graciously allows the man to keep his God-given job. And finally, God kicks an Adam and Eve out of the garden, but at the same time, he provides for their material needs by sacrificing an animal and clothing them. In the midst of this sad, difficult moment, God is overflowing with love and grace and patience and kindness and generosity. And so in the context of a God who is demonstrating immense love and grace. In this moment, the question is, why in that love would God introduce pain? In response to man's disobedience, God chose to introduce pain. Why? Why would he do that? There's three concepts about pain that we need to consider The first is this. Number one, pain is guaranteed. It's guaranteed. Very shortly after sin enters through the disobedience of man, of man and woman, God makes it clear that pain is going to become a normal part of human life. And what do we see? Number one is there will be spiritual attacks from the devil. In verse 15, it says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring as a result of the devil's efforts to deceive us and to convince us to follow him, God made it clear, now it's gonna be a battle. It's not gonna be easy pickings like last time. Now it's gonna be hard. And then he says to, uh, in Peter, it says, be sober-minded, be watchful, for your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking to devour someone. For all humans, especially those who follow God, There will be a continual fight between us and the devil for our own souls. He is a lion seeking to deceive and devour us so that we will not follow God. And in that battle, there will be pain. The second area that there will be pain is there will be tension in marriage. In verse 16, it says, to the woman, he said, your desire shall be contrary to your husband, but he shall rule over you. Where God had designed woman to be our helper, our fellow servant, our is there. Now there is going to be a power struggle between man and wife, and it's gonna hurt. Husbands, when you get into a a fight with your wife and you think, man, why is it this way? It It shouldn't be this way. You're right, you're right. This tension, this battle of wills within marriage is a direct result of sin and is a pain that within marriage, we will not escape on this side of heaven. It's a pain we'll always face. And the third is that there will be hardship and frustration in our work. In verses 18 through 19, God says, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree, which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Think about this. These things were never meant to be painful. Providing for our families, loving our wives, raising our children, honoring our parents, serving others. Those weren't meant to hurt. Why is it now painful? Because two things changed and God spells it out for us. He says, the ground is now cursed because of your sin. The fields of your toil will now fight against you. And then there's a new reality. That you've got this stuff called sin all all up in you and it's gonna make doing all those things, loving your wife, providing you for your family, it's gonna make those difficult. Now it's gonna hurt. The areas of work which God gave you and which were supposed to bear fruit easily will now only bear fruit through pain. Pain is guaranteed. This leads me to the second point, which is a question that I hope you're already asking. What's the purpose of pain? Pain urges us to ask the question, why? Pain forces us to ask the question, why? Out of the many topics related to God, this one, the question of pain and suffering gets by far the most attention. Regardless of background, socioeconomic status, religion, race, it doesn't matter. Anytime a human feels pain, our natural reaction is to think, I don't like this. This isn't right. This needs to stop. And that leads most people to ask, if God is good, why is there so much pain in the world? If God is good, why does he allow pain to exist? And that's the point. God allows us to feel, God allows us to feel pain so that every person every person, will ask these questions. Why is it all this way? Why does this keep happening? What is God doing? Why, why is this evil allowed to continue? Prompted by pain, God wants us to ask those questions because in him are the answers and the solutions that humanity needs. So there's four, there's four reasons why God allows mankind to feel pain. The first is to show me that I broke something. It's to show me I broke something. One of the ways God uses pain is to alert us when we're outside of his boundaries. In verses 11 through 12, God leans into the guilt and shame that Adam and Eve are feeling. By asking them questions. And he's offering them a chance to confess and repent and demonstrate that they feel and understand the mistake that they made, but they do not confess. They give no indication that they were sorry for or owned their failures. In fact, they blamed their failures on someone else. So, what is God left to do? Here's a few options. Number one is that he could just ignore their disobedience. Just, it's fine, don't worry about it. But that would be unjust. That would not be in God's character. He could destroy them. That would be justified. But that would be merciless. That would be unforgiving. That would be impatient even. Or he could let them live. And through pain, give them the time and the experience to understand their mistake and to repent that's patient, that's loving, that's forgiving, that's gracious, and that's, that's what we see God doing. I've talked before about an unhealthy relationship that I had when I was in high school. We were doing all the things that an unmarried man and unmarried woman should not be doing together. And just like Eve, I was very intentionally weighing out what I was doing, and I was assessing what I was doing as good in my own eyes. And God let me eat the fruit... And along the way, he even gave me chances to turn away and repent. But instead, I arrogantly stayed in the relationship, not repenting, not being contrite for what I had done. And when it ended, after being bonded by sex outside of marriage, it was brutally painful. Through pain, God made sure that I understood that I had broken his plan and that I needed to repent. Sex outside of marriage is bad. It is wrong. And in God's grace, he allowed the aftermath of that choice to really hurt me so that I would not forget it. And that was 13 years ago, and I'm still talking about it because I have not forgotten it. Pain made me not forget that I was outside of God's boundaries, and that was bad. God often uses pain and discomfort to push us to repent when we've sinned, and when we don't listen he graciously allows more pain to force our eyes to see where we have gone outside of his good boundaries. What pain are you experiencing right now? And what is God calling you to confess and turn away from because you are living outside of his boundaries? The second reason God allows us to feel pain is to show me that I'm about to break something. In verses 22 through 24, we see God allow Adam and Eve to feel more pain by kicking them out of the garden. And why would he do this? God makes it clear that he sends them out because he did not want them to eat from the tree of life after having already eaten from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Why would he be so intent on stopping them from this tree? God pushed man through the pain of saying goodbye to the garden to protect him from immediate eternal separation from him. If man had eaten from the tree, that would have cemented his future, being eternally alive, eternally bound by sin, and therefore eternally separated from God. Adam and Eve, by staying in the garden, were on the verge of breaking something irreversibly. But instead, God protected them by kicking them out, by putting them through pain. God was was delaying eternity to allow Adam and Eve more time to hopefully confess and repent and come to him. This is beautiful. In 2 Peter, this just moved me so much this week. God says, it says, don't overlook this fact, beloved. That with the Lord, one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as one. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Wow. Now, I talk a lot about my, my high school years, and I talk about it a lot because. I'm often still an idiot, but I was especially an idiot when I was in high school. I mean, I was a world-class idiot when I was in high school. And while I was a world-class idiot, I was also a pretty decent athlete. And uh, I played soccer and I and I kicked and punted. And as I neared uh, the end of my high school re- career, I had on my horizon the opportunity to, uh, to kick and punt or to play soccer in college. And and as I mulled over those options and I began to seriously consider them, something, something really interesting happened. I broke my collarbone. Uh, I had a severe high ankle sprain that took me out for multiple months. I dislocated my shoulder and I tore, tore multiple ligaments in my hip. Yeah, I know you're laughing you're like, wow, this guy's injury prone. And <laughs> it's crazy because I mean, yeah, the proof is there, but what was happening, and it was clear to me, was that God was using physical pain to make sure that I did not go down the path of sports. My college career turned out to be a huge turning point in my faith. And I'm confident, I am confident that if I had been buried in sports, my life and my relationship with the Lord would not be what it is today. God used pain to reroute my path to reroute it from a path that would hurt me to his path, to walking on his path. (laughs) When was a time in your life when God used pain to protect you from doing something that was not his will? I hope you can think back and remember those. The third reason that God allows us to feel pain is to show me that there's something broken within me. Pain tests and matures our faith Our character, and it helps us see who God is. In James chapter one, it says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let it have its full effect that you may be mature, complete, and lacking in nothing. As followers of Jesus, oftentimes the pain that we encounter is a trial and it's allowed by God. And it's in order to give our faith in him the opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity. Even though it doesn't feel like that. You guys are probably, you probably will get sick of it. And you're probably maybe sick of it already of me using the same examples. The few times I've talked, it seems like they're the same examples, but they're the same examples because in these examples, there was pain in them that has impacted me in ways that I cannot Forget. I can't forget it because of the pain. I think back to these times in my marriage when it's just been hard, just like we should be expecting it to be. It's been hard, and I'm, I'm begging the Lord. I'm crying out, and I'm saying, Lord, help me, help me, help me. I need your help. It hurts. And a lot of times, it took a while for the help to come. And I, And so what was he teaching me? He was teaching me a few things in my character And in my faith, one was that I had to be patient. He says, love is patient, man. I I just wanted everything to happen right now. You know, my dad and I, right? We're like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I was treating my marriage like that. And God was like, no, you can't do that. Love is patient, man. Give your wife time. You gotta learn that. And I wouldn't have learned it if there wasn't pain involved. I wouldn't have listened and through pain, he's taught me, you need to be content. Stop trying to change everything. Stop trying to fix everything. Be grateful for what you have, for what I've given you, for what it is right now. And he taught me that you need to trust me and believe that I am the one who changes hearts and allows you to grow. Through those pains, he's helped me look back at every, every step in my growth and my, the growth of my marriage and look and go, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. He's always been the one to change my heart from day one. And every time there's been a step in my marriage, it's because he did something. I didn't do something. I wasn't planning it. It was at a moment I wasn't trying. It was when he stepped in. God puts us through pain to help draw us to him, to grow our faith, to change our character, and to show us who he truly is. He wants us to see it. He wants us to see him. What pain are you experiencing right now? And in what areas is God showing you that your character needs to grow? Where's he showing you you got to grow? Fourth and final reason, he allows us to feel pain. And this one's hard. The other one's they're kind of related to us. And so you're like, yeah, it helps me. It's, you know, I'm growing. It's, it hurts in the moment, but you can see it, but these ones are hard. And that's, he lets us feel pain to show me that the world is broken. Just this last month, I've, I've seen a couple things that have really hurt for me. As I looked around, they weren't in my family. They, they were outside of me, but I looked at them and they hurt. And a good friend of mine, he's got a seven-year-old son. And he's been diagnosed with Crohn's disease. If you, yeah, you guys know what it is. I didn't really know, but as I learned about it, it's something that's with, it'll be with him forever. It will be a pain he will go through, his family will go through. And you're just like, what in the world? And then um, my wife and I have a fertility doctor that we worked with. He helped us conceive our first daughter. And four years ago is when we first started working with him. And he had just been in a car accident. His leg was in a brace. and. Every almost every year we've met with him for a re, one reason or another. And every year I ask, hey, doc, how's the leg? Thinking he's gonna give a good update, right? And year two, still messing with this leg. Year three, still miss, messing with this leg, more surgeries, more pain. And two weeks ago, we have a, a call with him and I, hey, doc, how's the leg? And he's like, the leg's not there anymore. And you're like, what in the world? This is a guy who's, Who's God's hands and feet? He's God's hands. He's helping bring children to the world. He's fulfilling God's plan. And you're like, what is going on? When we see these things, all we can ask is why. Lord, this hurts. This isn't right. This needs to stop. When we look around us and we see what's broken, we feel the pain and it bothers us. Here's a question to think about. What if God did not allow us to feel pain when we see the brokenness of the world? What if we didn't feel it when we saw those things? What if we felt nothing? We're living in a place that is barely a shadow of God's best. Without pain, we would look around and we'd think, I guess this is it, we wouldn't care. We'd resign ourselves to this broken, flawed, disappointing, disgusting world that we're in but that's not what God did. In God's graciousness and mercy, he buried an indicator deep within every single human being that looks at the brokenness of, of the world and shouts, this is bad, this is bad, this is bad. God allows us to feel, God allows you to feel that pain so that we will look to him and say, I don't want this. I don't want this. This world, this evil, this brokenness, I don't want this. This cannot be my home. That's why he allows us to feel that pain because he wants us to get there. What pains are you currently experiencing that you are seeing in the world around you, which are meant to remind you that this is not your home? God is letting you feel what's broken so that you'll hate the brokenness and know there must be something better. The final purpose for pain is that pain is a daily reminder. It's a daily reminder that the devil and sin, they broke the world, but God is fixing it. When we feel all these pains and brokenness, we feel those. What hope do we have to stand on? Here's three. Number one is that death is a gift to those who believe in Jesus Christ. Death means that our suffering can end. We're not stuck in this broken world eternally. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live God graciously allows our mortal life to end so that the pain can be over and we can spend eternity painless with him. The part, second part of that is that death is a gift because through it, Jesus was able to suffer and die for us. First Peter says, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Pain and death are a gift because they allowed Jesus to suffer and die for us. The second hope that we have, when you look around and think this is just messed up, the second hope is that justice is coming, you guys. Justice is coming. Come on. Evil will be accounted for and destroyed. Psalm 37 for the Lord loves justice. He loves it. He wants it. He will not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever. But the children of the wicked shall be cut off. The wicked we see, if you're, on the, if you're on the wrong side of this equation, it's not going to end well for you. Like Mark said on Sunday, I'm not trying to scare you, but the reality is if you're on the wrong side, you're going to be cut off. And to those of us who look at injustice and we want it gone, God's saying, I'm coming, get ready. The second part of that is the devil has and will be conquered. In verse 15, God says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. God is talking about Jesus, the Messiah, conquering the serpent the offspring of a woman whose heel was bruised by the devil, that is pointing to Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection. He was bruised, but not destroyed. He died, but he rose. Jesus is the one who will crush the head of the serpent, the devil. Our final hope is this. Our new home will be here soon, very soon. A new redeemed heaven and earth is coming We've heard this before, but we need to be reminded of this. Listen to Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no sea anymore. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, look! The dwelling place of God is with man and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be as their God and he will wipe away every tear from their eye and death shall be no more and there shall be no mourning, no crying, nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. Jesus is coming back and he's bringing a new home with him. Amen. Amen. When you feel the pain this week, what truth about God's coming wrath towards evil and about his restoration of heaven and earth, will you stand on to give you hope? In conclusion, God loves us so much. His mercy and patience are abundant in this text. I hope you see them and feel them now. And in that love for us, God is using pain to correct us, to grow us, to guide us, to lead us to hate sin and evil and brokenness the way that he hates it. And to remind us that death is a gift for those who believe in him. Justice is coming and our new home will be here soon? What needs to change in your view of pain so that you can cry with those who are hurting and walk with them in hope, knowing that God is making all things new? Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you again for this night. Lord, I pray more than anything that we, we would leave here differently, that we would leave here better, or that when we walk out the door and experience pain, and God, I'm not gonna lie, I'm afraid. I'm afraid I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk out that door and feel pain, and I don't know how I'm gonna respond. I don't. I really don't, Lord. And so I pray along with my brothers, when we come into those moments where something so hard happens, our kid is sick, our wife, something bad happens, Lord, something happens to our job, that we would know, we'd believe, you have a purpose for this. This is not the devil running free. You have a purpose. And when we look around at the brokenness, Lord, help us to look to you. Help us to hate what's broken. Help us to look ahead to the hope that we have. God, we need that, Lord. Let it sink into our hearts so tomorrow we can live knowing it's true.